0: Spartan Hoop splits the week. Now it's a gauntlet of W's or bust. So strap on those nuts. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined, of course, by the man whose COVID haircut asks the question, do you need help? Kevin Grek and joined, of course, by Alex Plum, a man whose facial hair asked the question, did you just tie a damsel to a railroad track? <laughs> uh, Grek, I'll start with you because I think Plum is busy at the local railroad track. Uh, how are you doing? Oh, uh, I love, love it. were missed maybe last week. I don't know. Plum, was He missed.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah really missed. Yeah, we we uh we really missed his ability to come in here and write visual gags for the audio podcast. Yeah. No one's going to see this COVID hair or this oldie time villain uh, uh,
2: Actually, Actually I did reply uh to uh, Raymond Chain's tweet with my mustache picture. And oh, so-, so it's out there. It's out there.
0: It's in the verse. Uh, so uh, great. Uh, you're great, Greg. fantastic.
1: Um, Plum, how are you doing, buddy?
2: I'm out of mustache oil, so I don't know <laughs> what I'm going to do now.
1: This is a perfect uh, time for me to ask, do I need beard oil? What is it for? What does it do for me?
2: I think it's something,
0: then it does a thing. Yes, if you have a beard, you should have beard oil. Why? Great. Uh, Thank you, of course, for listening to the podcast. This is why we we didn't get the Manscaped uh, gig. It's it's because they don't have beard oil. If we could ask a small favor, please share this pod that is off the rails already (laughs) with the Spartans in your life. Give us a rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find this podcast. And, of course, follow us on the old Twitter machine, at Spartan underscore pod. Uh, we will maybe get into some some beard oil later in the show, but for those who are joining us for the first time, welcome. Uh for those returning, thank you. Uh the way the show is set up, we have a few segments. The first is the green wall, where we cover the headlines surrounding Michigan State sports over the week past. Uh then we head off Grand River, where we cover some of the topics not necessarily MSU-centric. We'll preview the games ahead and of course take your Twitter questions. Gentlemen, it was a mixed bag this week. Uh, we had a game against Purdue, and we had a game against Indiana. One of them was good. One of them was bad. So, Yeah, let's... I was just going to
1: ask, which, which one did you guys prefer? Was there a game that you thought was better than the other game for, uh, for your enjoyment of the games? I hate uh, myself I, I, I and others. The so I choose to rewatch the Purdue game. Because I'm a misanthrope. The Pain Olympics sounds great to me. So let's relive that Purdue game, shall we?
0: Sure. Uh, We'll start with Purdue. Uh, Michigan State lost 75-65 to uh, in a game that saw three ties and eight lead changes. But um, at the end, uh, I I think Izzo said it well, uh, Michigan State found ways to lose instead of finding ways to win. Um, Greco or Plum? I'll start with you, Plum. What were your takes on the Purdue game?
2: Uh, I I just didn't. Uh, I don't know. I, I what are you gonna say? You know, I mean, again, I'll come for Rocket Watts again. He only played twelve minutes this game, which kind of made me happy because it was so few. But he scored in none of those minutes, so that was nice. Um, him credit for 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 assists, I don't remember any of those, but I guess it's possible. <laughs> um. Langford, you know, only had nine. Henry only had 15. And if you say only 15 after Saturday's performance, you know what he's capable of doing. So in 35 minutes to only put in, you know, 15 points against, uh, against Purdue. I was struck that the lead changed as many times as it did in that game. I think it meant that we were closer. Uh, and that was a game that we were em- eminently capable of winning and should have won. And, you know, just, again, more, more problems. Uh, I think that game, you know, we'll see after Coach's comments on Thursday. Um, whether that, and I know we're going to talk about that, whether that kind of changes the tempo, but the game against Purdue felt like, uh, what has been a pretty average game this season for this team, just directionless, emotionless, completely lacking in energy, way too many guys with double digit minutes played, you know, just, uh, just silliness, silliness. So, um, good riddance to good rubbish and hope that, uh, hope that those performances are, are, are finally behind us. I guess we'll see on Tuesday.
1: Do you guys remember what the halftime
0: score was for this game? I, tr- I tried to uh, do the math on it. And 27-30?
1: 27-29. Oh, my God. What a terrible game of basketball. Oh, just truly awful. Um, yeah, I mean, when you look at the, at the minutes, uh, and by the minutes, I mean the game minutes, right down the stretch, Purdue managed to pull away through a number of MSU mistakes, hit free throws, and score some tough buckets. And MSU folded. That was the uh that was the game for me, as far as I was concerned. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I mean you know, I, I and this is something I want to chat a little bit more about, but yeah. It's I think at this point in the season. I'm done picking on any one individual player because as we'll talk about in the Nebraska game, where things were very different for a number of players, it's Indiana. uh, Yes. Sorry. Sorry. Indiana, Uh, uh, all the the, red teams. We can't keep them straight. The big 10 wins are so few that, you know, you just go to Nebraska. Um, But the, in any given night, it's not clear who's going to show up and be effective. And so we'll chat a little bit more about it, but it's, you know, certainly I was, um, angry that Joey Hauser threw the ball away three times in the last, (laughs) what, two minutes. Um, I was, uh, furious that, um, Julius marble in uh, the second half, put up 10 points and seemingly sat for six to eight minutes. Um, after, after that flurry of scoring, um, There are things I'm upset about, but whatever. I mean, (laughs) uh, it's also notable that uh, that foster lawyer um, was dressed for that game, um, only played two minutes because uh, his shoulder, uh, it sounds like they're going to try and have him come back, but his shoulder is going to require surgery after the season's over.
1: Yeah, well, they they had a decision to make whether to shut him down for the year effectively or try to try to make it work and then get surgery after the season. Correct. That's my understanding of the situation.
0: He he likened it to what, uh, what happened with Gary Harris.
1: Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I I mean, I think we're going to see a little bit more of foster lawyer. Um, I'm sure if they made a statement like that, they're confident that he'll be able to play some at least, but it's possible they end up just shutting him down anyway um going back to Joey Hauser I I knew that he had some turnovers uh six in this game
0: which is three were in the last two minutes that was an exaggeration three were in the last two minutes uh
1: that's impressive for a man that doesn't really get asked to uh handle or advance the ball to have six turnovers in a game I'll I'll one-up you uh, that's
0: impressive for a man that Tom Izzo compared to Magic Johnson and Draymond oh, Green God. in his passing capability. Now, Tom Izzo, yes, prone to overstatements and, and poor comparisons, or, er, you know, uh, too early comparisons, sure. But Tom Izzo did see him for a full year at, on, you know, admittedly on the practice squad. But it, it's not like Tom Izzo didn't know what Joey Hauser's capable of. I, I think maybe when we wrap the conversation on the Indiana game, we can have some, some bigger picture conversations, but it, it's gotta be, it, there's gotta be a question about where people's headspace is right now.
1: I, I think Izzo getting back to that point. I think Izzo likes to make uh, statements to the media as a way of wheeling things into happening. Like he's a big fan of the secret. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, if I just talk about this enough, the universe will make this happen. Uh, the, the other best example that I can remember is Kaelin Lucas's senior season when he talked about how Kaelin Lucas is one of the, the greatest leaders in MSU basketball history, which, of course, is not true and was <laughs> a huge contributing factor in why that team in particular underperformed so significantly that season. Um, I was thinking back on it. That's one of the least that's one of the most disappointing seasons before this one that I can recall. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I was, I was reflecting on that team this week. Um, But yeah, it's uh, yeah, that the end of the game was just a complete, complete mess.
0: Yeah. And you know, I will just tack on as we're, as we're talking sort of a bit about stats. What was interesting to me is that MSU had uh, 34 bench points in this game eighteen second chance points they out rebounded purdue like it was baffling uh in some ways the uh, that you know obviously there was uh well actually i don't know uh michigan state shot forty three percent uh for nearly forty four percent from behind the three point line mm mm-hmm. 44% overall from the field, which isn't great to compared to 49% for Purdue, but it Purdue only shot 25% from three point land. So like that, they, they beat them in meaningful statistical categories, uh, other than points in the paint, but like it, it they just seem to find a way to lose this game
1: and, and points overall, that's yeah, we, uh, meaningful uh, statistical uh, category. I believe most
0: indeed. Indeed. <laughs> Thank you for calling that one out. Um, so, Let's let's before we get into some bigger picture topics, let's just cover the Indiana game, which was yesterday. We're recording on a Sunday. Um, I would say uh, I'm curious what you all think. I mean, Michigan State wins 78 to 71. Um, I think Indiana got a late bucket to make it seem a little bit closer than it was. Mm. Um, But. This was the first, in my mind, good feeling win that I can remember since
1: Duke. Yeah. Well, uh, like you just said, there's not been many wins to play <laughs> to, So not a difficult, uh, uh, mantle to, uh, to take there. So <laughs> I, uh, there's a question coming up in Twitter questions, um, for Mr. Elon bloom, I believe about, is this game, fool's gold or is this potentially a trend and i think that's a great way to sort of structure our conversation here well okay i like that let me let me start with this question then because i want to know if the if the ends are justifying
2: the means a little bit on this let's take let's take the starting lineup okay three of the three of our starters played fewer than 10 minutes in fact if you total up their minutes it's barely above 15 the three of them all three were minus overall. On, for the for the performance,
1: in the plus minus,
2: in the plus minus, for,
1: for the listeners,
2: Ju- Julius Marble played five minutes, scored three points. Haggard played eight minutes, scored no points, and Malik Hall started the game. And after three minutes, Tom Izzo decided he was to come out and not play again, unless he had a serious and debilitating stroke. That required immediate emergency medical intervention. What in God's name could he have done in those three minutes to merit that response? Now he turned the ball over twice in those three minutes. <laughs> That's—I mean—that's pretty. Yeah, but 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 let's turn to Sissoko. This kid played eleven minutes, more than almost quadruple the amount of time that Malik Hall was on the court. Matty Sissoko also scored no points. He had a handful of rebounds, which I I guess is a good thing. It's better than nothing, Um, and and didn't turn the ball over. But my point is, and I know
3: it's a different position, but, uh, but, you know, this, it doesn't make any sense. It does, this, the way that there's, I'm speechless. I, this is, I,
2: we are celebrating the fact that he only had twelve different roster iterations, twelve different lineups that he played. Like that is progress. Twelve, and the starting one of those was had the literal worst combined performance on a plus minus of any of the of any of the raw, ro- except for I think one with Joey Hauser, who was absolutely ineffectual in this game. So, I mean, do, so th- th- I guess that's my question. Are we looking at the ends and we're saying, oh, we feel good because we finally fucking won because we forgot what that feels like, and it was close, and so it feels nice to win a close game? Because you look at this. You look at – and it's true. Henry had a hell of a game. Hell of a game, and that's great to see. And Rocket Watts?
0: Had a good good game. No!
2: It scored six points and got three rebounds.
1: If that's a good game, kill me.
0: He – he no. had a good game. No. He had a good game.
1: In rocket adjusted terms. And that
0: uh, is, a,
3: that's,
1: get him
2: the hell out of here if that's the case. But this is my point. So please, someone talk me off the ledge because this is terrible.
1: Yeah. So going back to Elon Bloom's question about is this fool's gold or is this a trend? I'm, my answer is I think fool's gold. Uh, it, it, with regard to Hall, uh, that was mostly, I think, a product of Trace Jackson Davis and how many points he was scoring during that time. I mean, in three minutes. Did he score 12 points in three minutes? I mean, pretty close to it. What kind of lead did Indiana hop out to at the beginning of this game? Right out, the, right out of the, the gate. I mean, it was significant. Um, was it was trying it to get back I here. Is... Yeah. I mean, with 1130 to play in the first half, it was MSU four IU 16. So yikes. It was uh changes need to be needed to be made at that point. I I agree with you, Plum, that there are some concerning elements of this box score. Uh, but I will say that we've been asking Izzo to change the lineups and adjust to what's happening in the game. And I think this was a case where he successfully did that. Okay. Yeah, and I would even
0: tack on, you know, uh, and we're going to talk. I want to chat about the five a bit. But Thomas Kithier, I know he was only in for nine minutes. And I know we've dogged on the kid and, and maybe unfairly because what's he supposed to do? Say, no, coach, I shouldn't go in. But he had a really good game. When he came in with Gabe Brown, that was the single largest turning point in that game. And I hate that Dockage made me pay attention to this, but he did. And if you watched Thomas Kithier play defense against Trace Jackson Davis, he moved him so far out of the paint. I mean, he played with a physicality that uh, none of the other bigs were capable of. And I, it feels weird to call Kithier a big, but we will. Um, and, and disrupted the flow of that game. And and frankly, the only reason Kithier, I think, logged only nine minutes is in the second half. I think he was sitting on the sideline waiting to check in for five, <laughs> six minutes because there was Long no stoppage in the game. <laughs> in, there was no stoppage in play. Um, and so, you know, I, I just I I think that's so. Plum, going back to your question, first of all, I would say, yes, the starting lineup was garbage. And I actually was kind of interested in the starting lineup that came out, uh, thinking that that was, all right, I'm interested in this. But I will also say that there is something to the idea that your starting lineup, particularly with Izzo, doesn't really mean much because he changes guys so fast. And so if it does anything, it guarantees that some people will get some playing time. It doesn't really do any more than that. Sorry, Jack. <laughs> so like Hogard, I, you know, uh, interesting prospect. Would love to see how he develops. We thought maybe he provided some boost and some energy early on in the season, but it's clear he's he's not really the guy because uh, th- there is no guy this year to be our point guard. And so, you know, if you send him out there for two, three minutes at the beginning of the game, you hope that not too much damage is done. And you get him some, some run. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. Cause it, it was very clear that, that he is finally played with a small ball lineup in this game. Yeah. And it worked.
1: That's where I was going with this. So this two notable things from Mr. Aaron Henry, one played all 40 minutes in the Jesus. game, did not sub the entire game. Yeah. And two, is this now Aaron Henry as a power forward? is Aaron Henry the four for the rest of the season now, or are we going to, is there going to be another game of this? and <laughs> We got to go back to where we were before. Well, I don't know that you can't have Aaron Henry play 40
0: minutes with the gauntlet of games that we're in. We have four games in eight days. Like you, he can't Not play 40 right. minutes the entire time. Yep. I don't care how good of an
1: athlete he is.
0: That's insane. well, I mean,
1: how much how much run were we giving Cassius Winston at times last year? I mean, and it was Cassius like was
0: broken at the end of his junior season,
1: thirty eight minutes a game or something like that. So straight up broken. So Henry, I mean, what, what did he actually end up playing against Purdue? Because it's not like Tom Izzo doesn't know who Aaron Henry is. He played thirty five. I think thirty five is the new floor for Aaron Henry. Yes, uh, that's don't fair. expect to see him play less than that. Uh, I think you're going to see a rotation at the five. And I think Gabe is shooting himself into minutes, man. Like take the defensive liability. No one else is putting the basketball in the bucket except for him. And he's shooting 50% from three over the last two games, I think. Um, and then we got, you know, lucky in certain ways, you know, Josh Langford decides to actually find the bottom of the net for a little bit. Um, Dave Brown four threes, exactly, exactly. Bingham, you know, cleaning up some garbage around the net. Can I?
3: Can I ask
2: about? I want, I want to talk for a second about this. This plus twelve for, uh, lineup that we had.
3: With like, right. is, is,
2: do, can we go to
1: that? So we should explain this first. What this means? Go ahead. You're okay, so uh, there's a there's a method of measuring which players are contributing to the game in that what was the score differential while they were playing. So for example, when Aaron Henry was on the floor, this is a bad example, but it's also really easy to do. MSU won by seven points. He played all 40 minutes. So Aaron Henry is plus seven over that time. It's not a, It's not a perfect system, but over the course of several games or a season, it'll give you an idea of whether or not someone contributes to winning basketball games or not. Um, Without having to
0: light up the, they don't have to be scoring to be a difference maker. Exactly,
1: exactly. So you don't actually have to put the ball in the hoop. You just have to have been on the floor while it went through the hoop. Um, You can also look at that for lineups. And that's something you definitely want to do over the course of several games or a season. But Plum, uh, go ahead. Okay, pick it up from there. Yeah. So, <clears throat>
3: one lineup stands head and tails above the
2: others. We're in, so when this when this lineup is together, Michigan State was up twelve. Twelve. I mean that's that responsible for whatever you want to say. Twelve points in the in the positive. And that those five are kithier at the five: Gabe Brown, Rocket Watts, Boo, Josh Langford, and Aaron Henry. Um, and so I what I wanted to talk about with that is I feel like I feel like we've we haven't gotten to seeing a, l- a lot of that that um roster. I, I almost think that that roster that 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 lineup was did that I don't know if that lineup started against Duke was Gabe because Gabe was still healthy then. I don't I we we lost so many weeks of Gabe that I can't remember frankly, what games he played in and what games he didn't. But he's a guy that we expected to be a regular contributor on this team. And we've talked in in previous episodes, previous weeks, that one of the issues befuddling Rocket Watts this season has been that he has had sort of the go-to pressure on him and he's been completely unable to perform. And so, you know, I, I think this is still an uninspiring look. Brendan Quinn at The Athletic says at least it was a, a consistent, a quiet but that he was the most under control of any performance that he'd seen of Rocka Watts this week. So six points, fine. We'll give him, but they come in the context of a 40 minute performance by Aaron Henry, who put down 27, a very able Langford who's shooting incredibly well. It's like Watts is at his steadiest when he frankly can get away with only scoring six points. And, you know, I know that Watts himself, when he's on the court is still the Spartans are up 10, which is, speaks to I guess some combination of factors but it's hard to put your thumb on what it is when there still aren't results that come back to it so I, I don't know how to read this this uh this lineup and what to make sense
1: well of. I, I think it's fool's gold I mean uh, to go back to what Elon Bloom said I, what happened in that game is that a number of guys played some of their best basketball of the season I mean just the just earlier in that week you know Langford shot three for 11 from the floor and then all of a sudden he goes five for six. So uh, I don't expect that this will become a trend. I think this shows that MSU can get someone any given night, but I don't think this is going to result in some kind of winning streak or something that the fan base will be happy with. I think the team is the team. I think they might get you know one or two more wins this season. Uh, and then depending on what happens in the Big Ten tournament, if that, such a thing actually ends up happening, Maybe a couple more there because of seating, uh, you know, as a product of the the seating and who they'll be playing there. But Jones, until this team shows me something, I, I don't think you can get excited about it.
3: Yeah, Jones, do you think yeah. is Kithier the solution at the
2: five?
0: No, 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 no. no. I I, I want to be Kithier. Had a great game, and I. This is my point: is I I don't know that the the lineup is fools go gold. I, I don't know that. Uh, I don't think Greg can say that with any certainty either, because I don't think we've seen that lineup very often. What I do know happened to this game is that Tom Izzo did a better job at writing a hot hand at the five. Once Kithier came into the game in the first half, it he didn't leave. And, and again, he should have had more minutes, but for some things. And so the, the things we've been complaining about there is no one on this roster that you can count on other than probably Aaron Henry to be good on any given night. And most often when we yell about someone not being in the game, it's because they seemingly were playing well and Izzo didn't put him in or mm-hmm. no one was performing well and they didn't get, he didn't give guy four a try. So at times it's been like, why didn't Sissoko see the floor? He yeah. did good things in the couple minutes. He was out there or Purdue (laughs) when uh, Marble or not. Yeah. When Marble puts up 10 in what, eight minutes and then leaves the game and doesn't come back until the last minute. Like that's insane. And so I'm interested in this lineup to the extent that it is a commitment to playing small ball when they can. And that most teams from here on out are going to have, and we'll, we'll preview some of them coming up, but are either going to be Maryland relying heavily on guard play and not having a meaningful big, or you're going to be up against a couple really good bigs that you just need to find out who does the best job at stopping that person and then let the other four dudes we just talked about who are some of the most athletic guys on the team do their thing. And, And you'll see when you did that, you'll notice Marcus Bingham came up with eight points. Thomas Kithier had uh two, probably could have had four, but he gave it up for an open three to Gabe. Like, I think good things happen when this team is maybe just a bit more athletic. I, but again, that could be wrong. But it, my my point is, it, my complaint and where I come down on this is that Tom Izzo, the thing that I think has been most hair pull, pulling out has been... Not that there's been a solution. It's been that in, in, the, in, the, in any individual game, there is one guy who plays well and seemingly doesn't get the run. But it doesn't mean that that guy is the guy the next time around. So sure, should Thomas Githier get a look in the next game? Absolutely. He earned it. And he showed he can physically play in ways that, for instance, Marcus Bingham can't. But Marcus Bingham brings seven feet wingspan with, with him. So like, maybe that's the solution in a game. I, so I think the, the answer for me is, I don't know, but we saw something that worked. And 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 frankly, we saw something that worked and looked like basketball, which we had, you left, Greg, but we you, hadn't seen that in a long time. That we've been thieving for, you know? It, you You have to admit the ball moved. It was fun. It was interesting. And sure, Aaron Henry took the game over, but he had guys around him who were shooting okay. Rocket for... I mean, God, I could, we could talk for hours about Rocket on this podcast. Well, but, let's
1: but, clear your <laughs> schedules. Let's make this the Rocket wants dead behind the eyes podcast. <laughs> I'm die.
0: But Rockets was Rocket was passing. The ball was moving with him. He,
1: he, he kept his guy in front of him. I,
0: you know, uh, like it was, it
1: was good. It was good. I liked the, the body language and the communication that I was seeing both on the court and on the sideline. I mean, so, it was pretty clear that the guys were enjoying this game, had fun. I just don't think that we're going to get a trend out of this. Yeah. I'm, so I'm I want to,
0: that you bring up something I want to chat about real quick because I, I watched the interviews after this game with uh, Josh Langford and Gabe Brown. Okay. And both of them at times mentioned, um, people being in a good mood and wanting to be there. Uh, nah. One of them made, one of them made a comment about uh, there wasn't arguing in the huddle. And it made me sort of wonder, because Tom Izzo has said repeatedly that this team hasn't given up. And, you know, frankly, you can look at that Purdue game and be annoyed, but I don't think they gave up.
1: No. I so,
0: so, but it does make me wonder how they've been navigating from an interpersonal standpoint, losing <laughs> and being bad, which I, I'm not saying that to to be mean. But like we can all look at this team and say
1: it. it the nicest way of saying it is that it's been a disappointing season. And I, I don't think uh, we've mentioned this before. We've talked about this. Tom Izzo, I'm not sure he knows how to coach a bad team. Like usually he's coaching for the tournament he's not doing that right now. So it might be a bit of an adjustment for the staff as well. Yeah. I it, so I you know the
0: the idea that they're having fun, I maybe something clicked and turned it turned a page for them in the last day. Surely they know it's shit or get off the pot at this point in time. Like I I mean I'm well, curious to think if it, I'm curious if internally they've they know they're not going to the tournament
3: mm-hmm.
0: or if they're saying it's very unlikely we're going to the tournament, but if we are, we need to get as good as we can to make a stupid and insane run at the big 10 tournament. I, I don't know, but clearly they, they seem to be clearly pay, playing for something. And then those comments about getting along better in game and being engaged in game were interesting to me as a insight. It, it, because sure, it's it's sort of game talk, but it, it, what it was was in implicit contrast to previous games.
1: Yes, so that's what I got there. That was beautiful insight. Because these are just humans, after all, right? Humans mm. playing basketball and kids. Well, some of them are kids. <laughs> well, so
0: let's let's chat uh, about Izzo's comment post game after the Purdue game. Yeah. And the quote, for those who haven't heard it, I'm sure most of you had, was he was asked by Brendan Quinn about, you know, given where the season is, um, what are you doing? Are you playing at this point in time kind of to prepare for next year? It, 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 buried in that question mm-hmm. was a, are you playing Mahdi and are you playing A.J. Hogard more <laughs> to mm-hmm. get them ready? Mm-hmm. And Tom a responds, quote, guys are up for an audition right now. You've gotta see there's progress or thing or, or there's going to be changes. That's the way of the world. A scholarship is a two way street. We have an obligation to you, you have an obligation to us. End quote. Plum, uh that's not very Tom Izzo like in some no. ways.
2: I uh, I was uh I found it refreshing. I was confused. You know, a friend of mine suggested that uh it could cost us recruits in the future <laughs> uh no, i don't I disagree I, with that i don't know if that's true but i think uh i think it's a i think it's a consideration you know i mean i i but i i, I think what it is is it's you know iso said he isn't you know i you know, free press actually had a pretty nice summary of all of the various things that he kind of talked about because the thing i don't want to call it meandering but he he covered a lot of ground he uh, talks.
1: That's how Tom Izzo works.
2: <laughs> uh, me too, it turns out. A lot of verbal processing. He keeps saying how he's not afraid. He's not scared. He's not fru- he's, you know, he's frustrated, but he, he kind of gets it. At one point, he said, like, I get the big picture. Well, no, you don't. That's bullshit. You don't. No, no one really knows what's going on. He thinks he does because he thinks that he's – I think he thinks that he knows what he's doing wrong. Like, he pointed a whole bunch of stuff. He's like, I think I've been too mellow with the team, which – you know, he's like, I got people calling me all the time and saying, why aren't you freaking out more? Why aren't you more upset? Why aren't you showing enough emotion? And I think that's something we've talked about. We can't tell what the hell is going on in his head. Uh, he he says that his own COVID, you know, obviously uh, Marble's dad dying. The team's going through a lot. Some of them have had it. Family stuff. He's getting calls from parents, you know, points to the offseason being another spot. I I I think he's, I I, you know, he doesn't have a clue what's going on. And I think he's probably trying to to pick and focus on each of the little areas where maybe he's been too mellow instead of more in your face with guys, which, you know, we know in the past has been a whole much of a different kind of his own thing. I think for me, the biggest and most honest, so that was a really honest point. The other honest point was he acknowledged the team was just average at best. And he specifically said it in the context of, um of the fact that they didn't have an off season. He said, you take an average team like this, and you don't provide them that off season. You don't provide them. You know you need to get a guy get twenty pounds on him, and you're with him every single day. That's something. You you someone you got someone who's who's normally at the two, who you need at the one. You 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 use the three or four months you have in the off season to to craft that. And so the fact that he acknowledged this is just only an average team for me. I think is it it's some of the signaling that he hasn't done all season because he hasn't wanted to get in their heads or cause kind of problems. I think. That's one like, hey, I know who you guys are, and it's it's just it's not great. And the second thing I know is some of you aren't gonna get Dalla Dallas next year because you need to go somewhere else. And I think that's really helpful. I, I appreciated it.
1: I agree with most of what you said. I, I do want to point out I think Izzo's known that this is an average team for a while. I think we read the tea leaves on things that he said to the media earlier this year. Yeah. Not getting into guys because he didn't want to destroy their confidence because he knows that it's not a very good team. That was my read at the time. I I also want to point out that this is brand new for Tom Izzo. I, MSU does not have a lot of transferring that happens one way or the other. And even when it does happen, I don't remember Izzo ever talking about it like this, as like the whole team is sort of on notice right now. And I'm sure there are guys that are already pretty sure ninety nine percent sure that they're not going to be here next season, so um we talked before the season began about how <laughs> I think what we said was it's too bad that this is going to look like a bridge season to a new era because this has the potential of it being its own team with its own identity. It does have its own identity. It's not a positive identity. Um, but it, uh, it, this will very much be a passing of the torch between two eras of MSU basketball type of year. Um, and it's, uh, I think everyone knows it. It's all on the table.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, it seems like, uh, if nothing else, Mel Tucker has rubbed off on Tom Izzo a bit. Um,
1: There's a new class of athlete for <laughs> MSU basketball.
0: We uh, we have two other quick topics to, top, to talk about as it relates to basketball. Um, and so we'll first start with Enoch Bawache. And I don't want to spend too much time on it because I think most of our listeners probably know. But he was a, a big-time five-star recruit out of Canada who uh, is, has decommitted from Michigan State uh, because there are too many people at his position, which is the five, um, which is funny. Because uh, they're all so good yeah um i i like i'm gonna give uh i I think i would give him the benefit of the doubt and say that for whatever reason that is unknown he decided he didn't want to go to michigan state yeah which is fine and the polite thing to say is (laughs) yeah there are too many guys at my position yes um and so you know um of course wish him the best it sounds like uh Maybe maybe some of the T Boone Pickens money is still laying around at Oklahoma State, and that may where, be where he ends up. Um, but wish him sincerely the best. He he seems like he's going to be a great athlete and a great basketball player. Um, the other thing I want to chat about before we we move on is uh, Mateen Cleaves released a video uh, indicating that. Uh, I guess maybe maybe positive a positive way of saying that he's frustrated with fans being negative about the season and i i'm curious about all of your old's takes on it because i've i've actually done a lot of thinking about that video and maybe this is a, a production conversation that we should have had as a podcast but well,
1: now we get to have it live in yeah. front of
0: you audience so you know i have i i've genuinely been reflecting on this a lot and and particularly you know how sometimes uh, we tweet about players, not at them, but about them. Um, And then, you know, we have pretty candid conversations about the team. And I think that's mostly all fine. I think uh, I've decided at least when I tweet about things as it relates to players, I'm not going to use their name. So at least it's not searchable. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, uh, I don't doubt that Thomas Kithier is out there busting his ass. And just because Tom Izzo puts him in in maddening ways, or I get annoyed about an off ball foul, like he doesn't need to to know that. Um, and the unfortunate thing about Twitter is it's the way that we all have a conversation about the game around the water cooler cooler as fans, but it's also how the players interact with society, and so that's not great. But I will say this about Mateen Cleaves's video that I did find frustrating: we host a podcast. Because we like Michigan State
3: sports,
0: (laughs) I, I wear probably an annoying amount of Michigan State paraphernalia. I love my school and I will still hold my breath for the next few games, believing upon belief that there is a way for them to get into the tournament until there is not. And so the, I guess the thing that I'm curious about your reaction to is I, you know, I think there are ways that we can do better and we can improve about the way we talk about players and the way we talk about the team. But let's not kid ourselves about who we are. And we are fans of this school. Right. And even in a bad year, I still love this team and my team. Yeah. It, I, I don't know how you guys reacted to it, but it, it, I, I both think there's room for improvement and ways in which I would push back against his sort of thesis.
2: Well, someone tried to. Uh, in fact, that, and that there was a subtweet Someone replied like, "Uh, I love this team. I think I can critically challenge it to understand what the hell is going on and want the best for this program. And then Cleves replied to him and was like, that's what I'm talking about. That's the problem here. We got to be – I'm like, did someone ask you to be insane? Can you you not be – like there's enough insanity happening with this team this season. We don't need your bullshit on top of it. Like just stop. It's unhelpful. It didn't add anything. And now everyone just feels icky with you. Why can't you just be someone that we like and miss and wish for days when we used to get natties and not need your dumb ass just adding nothingness back.
0: Are you telling I, him to shut up and dribble?
2: I'm not telling him to do anything other than stay off Twitter unless you have actual constructive things to say. This is like QAnon Trump herd mentality. N- nothingness. That's just like, Yes, leader, whatever you say, dear leader, like, get out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I actually thought that was the direction that this conversation was going of like Mateen Cleaves and his continued role in the program. I personally chose not to watch the video because I would. I don't know if we're going to lose some audience over this, but I've come to the conclusion that I would prefer that Mateen uh, was not really a part of the program anymore uh I understand that he was found to be not guilty uh of those things that he was charged with, but still, I think we can choose who we're going to continue to uh put on the pedestal and who we're not uh i uh i'm not i i mean like there's always gonna be that voice that pushes back and is like, You know these are student athletes rah rah i I don't think we're that hard on them personally. uh, I would be open to the uh, the audience letting us know if they disagree with us. I I think we've been kind of hard on Rocket Watts, but uh, (laughs) I couch that in saying that that's the hardest I've ever been on an MSU basketball player. And I do think that that's true. So I I think this is a frustrating season for the fan base. I'm sure it's a frustrating season for these guys, but I think you can – continue to be critical of this team without betraying it or not being a Spartan or something like that. I think it's fair. Yes. Um, I mean, you can go over, I'm sorry. I just want to say you can go over the line. That's for sure. There is definitely a line and you can cross it, but I don't, I don't think we do that here. And I, I don't see everything that happens on Twitter. Um, but I think the general fan base has been pretty within bounds in its criticism of the team. Yeah. Um,
0: All right. Let's talk some football real quick uh, because another exciting week. Uh, Mel Tucker's making sure that there's not ever a week without some good social media content or potentially a pickup. Uh, And this week the pickup is Michigan's Ben Van Samaren, a 6'2", five hundred well, six to 253 pound linebacker. Um, he played only in six games for Michigan. Did Michigan only play six games? Is that uh, how they ended up season? Yeah. Y- yeah. Uh, ended up ahead of us. Um, he had two starts. He only totaled seven tackles, um, though he it is worth noting. He started his career at Michigan as a fullback. You may remember when they used those. Um But he he is a huge position of need for us, and has a four-star younger brother Alex, who's a defensive tackle uh, that also recently decommitted from Michigan, um, and MSU has been chasing him hard. Though it's worth noting, Alex did just get a Clemson offer, so there's that. Um, How do we feel? Well, how do we feel first of all about a uh, a Michigan transfer? This has never happened? happened.
1: No, yeah, I'm not aware of this having ever happened before. Uh, I guess it kind of makes sense because he's a Michigan guy. He's from Essexville or something, right? Uh, so uh, maybe you just
2: 1898.
1: <laughs> Is that an Essexville joke? Like, <laughs> yes,
2: Robert Robinson from Essexville also transferred. Michigan Agricultural College.
1: To the to uh, yeah, are, are we trying to? Uh, I I probably kind to of prefer this like Ken Burns style, like some kind of oral history to this whole thing. Uh, I don't know what to expect from this. It's odd. I'm not comfortable with it.
2: I'm not Personally. either. That's how I felt. Like I okay, yay, you're here. I hope you're good. But I don't know. Is like the is the is the kidnapper inside the house? Is he calling for? From- <laughs> <laughs> Are we safe? I don't know. Like, do I want a guy that wanted to play at Michigan?
0: Like,
3: I don't know. I don't think so.
0: In fairness, he didn't have an MSU offer. So there's that.
3: Yeah. Well, that
1: says
0: something.
1: Uh, yeah. D- uh, I, anyway, I, I don't know what to get from this. I have to really sit down and explore my whole feelings on this situation. Um, but, but right now, Michigan- I love it that's great
0: because that's great. There's some Michigan fans who are very upset about it. I love it. I love it.
3: All right. All right. Um,
0: so I, I, I don't know. I I certainly hope that his brother's a package deal because we could use a defensive tackle. Mm -hmm. Um, but either way, I mean, he was a highly, he was a high end three star, um, and my sense is, is that the way he plays is probably more conducive to how the linebacker is utilized at Michigan State. So, um, and it's a spot where super duper thin. Um, yeah. This is maybe an off Grand River topic, but I'd just like to laugh for a moment. Can we all just sort of pour one out for Joe Milton, who is famous for being a preseason Cam Newton, who has also entered the transfer portal? I've been told he is not on Mel Tucker's radar. Um,
1: You've been told. Mel, <laughs> Mel texted you. You know. Well,
0: you, you do remember that uh, that Joe Milton was asked about Antoine Simmons, and he said he's not on my radar.
1: Ah, uh, That's a callback. That's a deep cut. Didn't uh, pick up on that one. Uh, and
0: then last bit of news that um, maybe <laughs> this is a good summer topic, but the recruiting dead period has been extended again, which is... I think is at least notable because it means Mel Tucker had one full week in his entire career for real, uh, in, entire MSU career as a head coach uh, to do real recruiting. Mm-hmm. So, yay! Anyway, um, anyone else, else got some football thoughts? No. All right. All right. Great. I'm going to read some ad copy then. Read <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> so, folks, the alarm is sounding. Uh, mortgage rates, while still very near historic lows. Uh, have trended up over the last week. So we want to let you know about our friend, Brandon Sands. He's closed over 10,000 loans and works for one of the largest mortgage lenders in the country, guaranteed rate. Brandon is a consultative guy, which is why he reached out to let us know that we need to let you all know that if you haven't considered doing a refinance on your home or have been thinking about buying but aren't quite sure, now might well be the time to get in and have a conversation with him. It's a no obligation conversation. And frankly, if you bring a reliable estimate about what your credit score is, it's not even going to ding you on the credit score. So find out if you can save money. Brandon has saved people hundreds, sometimes even thousands if you consolidate high de- high interest debts. Um, So you can find Brandon at rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. That's rate.com backslash Brandon with an E Sands with a Z rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. Greg, even used him.
1: Yeah. Can we put up a a firewall? Uh, Brandon Sands is great. Contact him. Firewall. This is no longer a sponsored segment. We're out of it. Did you say that they'll just like take, you know, something you printed off about your credit report and they won't run another one?
0: What, is oh, that what you just said n- no, 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 no. So uh, the point being is that he can give you estimates. Like if you don't want to get the like the the one ah. like, literally one point ding on your credit, because I okay. asked him, I'm like, maybe people have been holding back for a second and uh, because they didn't want to get their credit dinged. He's like, well, honestly, it's like a point. So yeah, so not a big deal. But if if even if that's a concern. If they bring in or if they happen to know their credit score, now it's it's dependent upon that being accurate. But if they happen to know, I can get an estimate for them on on what products might look like without having to run their credit.
1: Gotcha. I, I just had 2009 alarms going off in my head. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, no.
0: That, no, thank you for we're gonna keep that in. Uh that's that's good. Um, but yeah, so uh, again, we'll just say rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. He really is great. Grek used him, uh save that money. Um Let's head off, Grand River, gentlemen, and I'm going to hand this one pretty much over to Alex Plum. uh, Rank time! uh, We may have some positive news on the COVID front, which we would like to share because it's been largely negative, but the NCAA may be trying to stop all that good progress by allowing 25% fan capacity at the big tournament. Uh, Plum, what's your take on this? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um
2: I have a lot of feelings. Uh the first one is that we are just about over the half a million mark. We're, well, let's be clear We are over half a million people in this country have died. 500,000 people at least have died. Official numbers are almost there. There's almost certainly more that we didn't catch in time or never got tested misdiagnosed, test for insensitive, et cetera. So we just have to acknowledge that. Um, it is also wonderful and lovely that, um, you know, over the last two weeks, we've had 44% reduction in new cases, 35% reduction in new deaths, um, which would result from those new cases. So meaning that, you know, as of February 20th, we only had,
3: we had fewer than 2,000 people die across the whole country. I mean, that's huge. So, so that's really good.
1: I mean, that, that number sounds brutal, but it's significantly lower than it had been.
3: It's significantly
2: lower. And, um, you know, when we're talking about, you know, cases in the tens of thousands, as opposed to hundreds of thousands, right? So, um, the case rate is just, if this is all trending in the right direction and it's doing so in a, in a, um. in in the it's cold outside it's been incredibly cold all over the country Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. more of these go up frankly um especially in the south where now people are having to be trapped inside potentially with family um so if this withstands that that's really good and this despite the fact that we've got new variants that are coming in some of these variants you know they're suggesting maybe aren't as responsive to some of the vaccines now you know we're at about just around six or so percent of the country is fully vaccinated over 13% though now has been introduced to at least one dose. And we know that one dose does get um, you some protective effect. So we're, we are going in the right direction. That is all really, really good. Um,
3: so why the fuck <laughs> would you do anything to, to, to chance
2: the good direction? Right. Did the numbers that I just read, were any of those numbers zero, correct? <laughs> right.
1: I don't think I heard any zeros. No, in there, no. Right.
2: So, so not zeros. And I, and I, you know, we talk about herd immunity. We talk about vaccine coverage rates. Do most of the dildos that are going to buy tickets to go to this stupid tournament in Indiana, the armpit of America, God's least favorite state, somehow worse than Mississippi. Indiana, that produced the wholly ineffectual and absolutely ass-backward Mike Pence and his wife, Mother. (laughs) I am unable to come up with a scenario that is more disreputable than the NCAA. God forgive them for their complete and abhorrent lack of leadership on every level, on every issue that has ever come across them. This being yet another resounding failure, God love them, because no one else does. I don't care if they're at 25% fan capacity or at 5% fan capacity. There's just not a reason for it other than revenue. And, you know, you are ostensibly, we know they moved from Chicago to Indianapolis because Indiana would do things that Lori Lightfoot in her COVID knowledge and COVID desire to protect people wouldn't. Which is to allow these monsters inside. The challenge is that these teams are all gonna try to be quarantining. Which then how do you do that when you're in an enclosed space with people screaming and coughing and laughing? Now, now all of a sudden all these teams are exposed. Right? So then might as well, I mean, why the hell have them do any quarantining? Why ha- why the hell have them in any bubble? None of this is not the the, the whole ruse is off. And And you know, these numbers are still trending in the right direction. And is the NCAA tournament by itself gonna reverse this trend? Probably not. But let's be clear that each time we do this, each time we give these viral variants an opportunity to be exposed to a host, to mutate, and to then proliferate again, you're just giving the virus more opportunities to learn about our human immune systems, to learn about ways to evade it. And and then when you are finally inoculated for the vaccine to be just that less effective against something, we're not out of the woods yet, despite the positive direction that we're going. Things like this are, you know, it, it's it's so juvenile. It's so immature. It is, we're so close, but we're not there yet. It's like, I can almost taste it. So I just want to taste it. You You can't. You couldn't then, you can't now. No one should be going to this and it, it's just it's inexcusable. It's reckless and it's inexcusable. And I wouldn't yeah. expect anything different from Nancy Otto way.
0: And what's worse about it is it's not like these people are coming right just to the to the tournament. They're gonna go back to their hotels, they're gonna go to bars and restaurants, they're they're people. Interacting. Gonna, people
3: yeah, with- people
2: are gonna get COVID, people will die. People will get COVID and, and people will die. Someone, some many a non-zero number of people will get COVID and die because of the NCAA tournament allowing 25% fan capacity. Well,
1: we, we don't know that they are yet, right? This isn't official. This is a rumor. Um, there was a, it's a, fine, it's a weather balloon. It, probably just to see, could they get away it with it? It is probably a weather balloon. It's probably to see what the reaction is. Um, I think people you know, just take the other side, which I don't, I don't personally agree with. I have to say uh, I think that this is stupid, especially at 25%. That seems like way too much that the numbers out of Tampa seem to uh, say that the, there's been no appreciable bump due to the down there. Oh, it is official. Yeah. Oh, well, forget it. That's so (laughs) dumb. That's so dumb. Imagine just all the people that are going to travel for this. Oh God. Uh, and it's not just Indianapolis. It's a number of uh, it's West Lafayette and, and Bloomington as well. Right. They're, oh, they're going to be yes. hosting people um,
0: from all over the country will go to airports, hang out in airports, hop on an airplane. Come to a location, hang out in that location, eat and drink in that location, go back to a hotel, interact with those people, then go out to bars and restaurants and then go back to games and then hop on the airplanes and go back to where they're at. And go home. home and go home. That's the, It is that's the it is so stupid. It's
1: that's the good. it's the dumbest, most reckless kind of like living your life that you could have. Um, so anyway, I didn't realize that it was official. I apologize. That's awful. That's so dumb.
0: Um, uh, yeah. So I, I think it's fair for us to say very quickly on behalf of Michigan State, while we appreciate the the tournament committee's uh, consideration because of this reckless behavior that on behalf of Michigan State, we'll have to back out.
3: Yes. Yep.
2: We do. Yep. It's a principled stance. Good for, good for mm-hmm. Tom. Good for Tom. <laughs>
0: uh, all right. We have a not a sponsor. Uh, Plum, this is a big get.
2: This was a really big get. And, you know, people don't always know how to feel about this company, but I think maybe they're heading in the right direction. Uh, Guys, this week's episode of Can't Read, Can't Write is not brought to us by the Home Depot uh, in partnership with Aaron Henry, who are excited to announce a brand new limited edition set of ratchet and socket wrenches. And this couldn't come at a better time because I, like both of you, and I know this, keep losing my nuts. (laughs) You might think this is a personal problem, And it kind of is. But the truth is, it's affecting people like even Aaron Henry. You may have seen Henry on Saturday, right before the second half started, using his wrenches to strap on his nuts before putting down 27 points in Indiana. These socket wrenches keep those babies tied on tight. So don't go through life with your nuts all loosey-goosey, dropping all over the place, getting stepped on or lost in the snow. Head on over to Home Depot. Home Depot. Tell them can't read, can't write, sign, you get 50% off your first set. Get like Aaron Henry and scrap on your nuts, guys.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, let's uh, let's do some game previews. Uh, we've got, as I mentioned, we've got three games this week before we record again, which will make four in eight days. Um the first one is uh, against Illinois, who will be coming off of equal rest. Um, Greg, what do we need to know?
1: Well, this is Tuesday evening, correct? So uh, just a couple days from now. Uh, Illinois is in that, currently in that top tier of Big Ten teams. Uh, AP number five, Ken Palm, fifth overall, eighth on offense, ninth on defense. Uh, something in that area. So the players, though, you know from last year. So Io DeSumo, Kofi Coburn, uh, and then some combo of Adam Miller and Trent Frazier as well. So uh, this is the first time that we've seen Illinois this year against the Spartans, but I think what has happened in the past to sort of slow them down is to ugly things up. With Coburn, you know, hack a Coburn, uh, 60% free throw shooter, that type of thing. Yep. Uh, so throw bodies. I, I think Tom Mizo knows how to do that. Uh, throw bodies at him and uh, just try to make this thing work itself out. But th- this one's a tall order of the games that, well, Ohio State's not any easier, but uh, this one's a tall order for sure. What about, I, what do you got?
0: I, I would, no, I, I think that's spot on. It, you know, it, MSU has shown at times this season that they can play a sound game plan against a dominant big. And it's usually let the big do what they got to do. To your point, foul when you can, but let's lock down the perimeter. What makes Illinois unique is IO has a different game to him than some of the guards that we've played. I mean, he's, he's a stud, right? Like, yeah. So it's, this one's going to be tough, but if you can stop Coburn and you can defend the perimeter, which we've shown we can do, maybe, I mean, we still have to shoot, which has kind of been the downfall of this team, but defensively, I think they can hang.
1: Yeah. I mean, Illinois has been on a bit of a heater. They haven't lost in like a month, um, but the teams that they've beaten with the, with the exception of Iowa, I've not been that impressive. They've not been like top tier Big Ten teams. You know, their most recent wins are against Minnesota, against Northwestern, against Nebraska. So they haven't really been tested recently, but those are all also teams that are above MSU in the in standings right now that I just described as mid-tier. So what are you going to do? Northwestern, I guess, is below MSU in the standings, but that's where we're at. Um, you know, they they handily beat Wisconsin by 15. You know, they beat Iowa in a pretty close game. Um, this one's tough though. This is a tough out. What about uh Ohio State? Have you guys watched any Ohio State this year? I have.
0: I watched them play us and I watched a bit of the game today.
1: Uh, man, I I didn't get to watch today's game. It sounds like it was a uh it sounds like it was a pretty good game actually. Yeah. Uh, but this Ohio State team has been playing real well with the yeah. exception of losing today. <laughs> yeah, they have,
0: uh, their seventh overall in Ken Palm, fourth in the AP, though they'll drop in the AP third in offense. And that third in offense stayed true despite the loss. Um, what did change was their defensive rating in Ken Palm, which went from second, 62nd to 86th. Um, if, if people remember how we played them last time though, um, we couldn't shoot anything, like really, even for us, anything. Um, we were 32.1 percent from we were 32.1 we percent from the field and 20.8 percent from behind the arc. That's, that was 14 percentage points off from both our season average in both categories. And it's nine and 13 percentage points respectively off from what the Buckeyes normally give up. So, like, we were really, really bad in shooting in that game. I'm not saying we would win, but I'm saying that if we're going to win this game, shoot normal. Like, shooting normal would go a long way. And then, as we talked about earlier, I think this is a game where we got to figure out the most effective big early and just play them. Because last game, we got lit up by EJ EJ Liddell and uh, Justice Suing. So, uh, figure it out and just do it.
1: Well, EJ Liddell is having an all-league type of season.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. I I mean, you know, I'm not saying sell out, though, like against Garza Mm -hmm. when we let him have eight points or had him like they're going to do what they're going to do. But just find out who's playing defense the best and let your athletes take care of the rest. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about Maryland?
1: Uh, Plum, you want to do Maryland?
3: Uh, Maryland is a team that
2: plays in College Park, Maryland, which is a state on the East coast. Uh, Maryland's going to be coming off six days rest, which may be the only thing we have going for us. Uh, wait,
0: no, we'll be coming off of two days rest to Maryland six. Yeah. So, or one, one day rest, one day rest, one day rest. No, no, no. Two, 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 Sorry. not one, but two, two is two
2: times one.
1: With travel, though, I mean, it's going to be in College Park. Either
2: way, like us, Maryland is unranked and not receiving votes. So when the inevitable happens against both Illinois and Ohio State, we'll have the nice salve that perhaps potentially, maybe God willing, we can play against Maryland in the second half like we played against Indiana in the second half. They are 33rd overall, according to Ken Palm, which is still about 69 better than we are.
3: That's awesome. Uh,
2: Nice. 13 and 10 overall and seven and nine at the conference. So, but coming off a three game win streak. Um, so those games were against Minnesota, Nebraska twice and Rutgers, but we didn't lose. We didn't win. At oh,
0: Rutgers. So yeah, there it's a four game now because they oh, beat Rutgers today. Oh,
2: they did beat Rutgers. Okay. So then, yeah. well, good for them. So great for them. And you know, so they're going places and who knows, maybe they might even get a vote next week.
0: <laughs> we'll see. uh, Maryland, for those who don't know, plays a very tight rotation. Uh, The names to know are Aaron Wiggins, who's a 6'6", 200-pound guard, Eric Ayala, a 6'5", 200-pound guard, and Donta Scott, who's a 6'7", 230 forward. Um, They are their primary scorers. Uh, Two guys are above 40% from behind the arc with decent volume, Donta Scott um, and Jairus Hamilton. and one guy's above 35% on great volume, which is Ayala. Um, and, uh, yeah, I I mean, I'm interested in this matchup because it is so heavy on guard play. And if you can say we've been good at something, it's actually dif- perimeter defense. I think we've been pretty okay. Mm. So, and they don't have, they, they don't have a, a true big. So... So maybe. you're telling me there's a
1: chance. Maybe, maybe, uh,
0: to be successful in this game. I think MSU has to win the boards, make them beat us inside. Um, and this feels like a big game potentially for Joey or Gabe, uh, because of the mismatches they can present. Um, and Julius, because they don't have a, a big that, that can cause fits. Uh, this lets, this lets marble play offense on the inside, which he's shown he can do very well. um, So, I don't know. Talk to us in a week. See how we're feeling. Mm. Uh, All right. Uh, Next up, we've got an ad copy from Preserved Homemade, a goods and provision store bringing the taste of home in the form of homemade treats. The February drop is complete, and Preserved Homemade wants to say a big thank you to everyone who purchased this past month. A number of you did, and they're very, very thankful. Um, those who did may know that 10% of the sales went to Kindred Space LA, which is a birthing center providing resources for women of color. Um, with our listeners' help and the matching contributions of Preserved Homemade, a $100 donation was made. Um, please continue to check out Instagram for specialty cakes and cupcakes avail- available for local delivery, as well as info on the March drop. That info is coming very soon. Their Instagram page is preserved underscore homemade. Follow them on Twitter at PreservedH or head to their website at preserved-homemade.com to treat yourself or someone you love to some homemade goodness. Gentlemen, it's Twitter question time.
1: Twitter! Woo. The first one! Woo. From Raymond Chains, the man. This week, I'm behind the scenes with Tom Mizzo after a bender and some <laughs> with some youper friends Tom Izzo calls into work, asking Susie Merchant to cover the shift. Also, producers debate whether or not Izzo should be prodded to dropkick (laughs) a Lawyer with guest appearances from Gary Busey and Eminem. Gary Busey would absolutely be one of Tom Izzo's youper friends, by the way. That would be fantastic.
0: (laughs) Yes, and I honestly want a um, sort of a bottle episode with Eminem goes to the UP. I think that would be great.
1: It just get to experience Eminem in the UP. Yes. Um, having some pasties, getting some, uh, getting some time out there in the mines, having a look around. You know, Eminem uh, would
2: actually yeah. play a pretty convincing Susie Mergent. Make it for- <laughs> Uh
0: Next up from Raymond Chains. Do you ever find, do you find the teasing prodding or offbeat humor to ever be too much or hurtful? Mm. 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 I don't, I don't feel like Raymond beats up on us too much.
1: Yeah. No. Bring it on. Raymond. Yeah. Try harder. Go harder. But like you know it.
0: what? you're going to come back at you hard. So be ready, buddy.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: Plum, does the South African mutation negate all COVID vaccine progress?
2: No, because the mutation itself isn't, um, isn't outwitting all of the, the vaccine progress. We still know that, uh, no one that has received a vaccine has died of any of the mutations, right um if anything, it's just giving you a more attenuated course of disease, which means that it may not be eliminating you or preventing you from getting sick, but it's preventing you from dying and that is just as important because it keeps people out of the hospital and obviously we've all had the flu we've all had a bad cold we've all been sick before you can get sick and if you're not going to die, especially folks who are older who have chronic disease so no, it has not negated any progress and additionally, you know we are the trials are still ongoing so i'm I'm still enrolled in one of the Clinical trials. There are many folks who are, and you know they'll be testing whether or not maybe a, a booster vaccine after a year, after mm-hmm. six months, or something could be effective at, at helping uh, at helping the mutations. Maybe boosters specifically developed for the more viral, um, more viral mutations. So no, there's still much hope to be had. Um, get your vaccine when it's your chance. Um, call around. Call Right Aid. Call Meyer. Call the places in your area. Um, we are still hearing stories, especially for the uh, Pfizer vaccine that we've got, uh, you know, vaccine doses going bad when they can't find folks. So stick around your closing time. If you live close to one, call them. Call them an hour or two before closing. See if you can get on the list. Because the great thing is once you get the first one, they will make sure you can get the second one. Um, so do what you can, you know. Look out for your family. Uh, it shouldn't be like this. I should just make that note. It is terrible that the, a, a public health ex- expert is telling people over a podcast to call Right Aid and begs for a vaccine (laughs) dose randomly on the off chance that Tuesday afternoon, you're going to luck out. Uh, but you can blame the Republican inept administration, which has left us with an absolutely completely horrible, fully decentralized. Everyone's on your own dog eat dog approach to this vaccine rollout, which is the absolute antithesis of any public health wisdom whatsoever. And sorry, sorry for that long answer.
1: I think that's exactly what we wanted. Um, Finally, Jonesy, uh, do you have strong feelings about manscaping and dude wipes?
0: I do for the right amount of money.
1: Um, looking at you, manscaped and dude wipes. Uh, We'd be willing to talk about that on the pod a lot, Can I? if you know yeah. what I mean. Manscaped. I'll tell you
2: what I would prefer never to see again, though. Um, the guy that I saw this morning at the gym, I- I'm double vaccinated. So I just want to acknowledge that before I tell you that I was at the gym this morning in the locker room who was fully shaving his gooch uh, in front of the mirror, like where all of the product are, you know, for like, I was like, have you no
0: shame? I have never seen an adult man. Did you have to ask if he had no shame? Cause I'm pretty sure that was clear. Yeah, I didn't. I, I just was like, Oh my
2: God, this is, this is, this is a nice, pl- what is go what? So anyway, that's how I feel
0: uh next up is i bleed msu a a first time asker i think Uh, welcome welcome first question and only question is hauser going to transfer Greg.
1: i don't think so i he's talked enough this year about how difficult his first transfer was i don't think he's gonna take another one what do you guys think no no
0: no
3: no
1: i mean i i think dude's
0: in his head and doesn't have a point guard like I mean. Yep. I, I have full faith that Joey Hauser will end up being a really great MSU player.
1: Agree, I can see a path forward for him. Um, yep. Next up for Mama Maple Leaf. Ski, what is this? Skiing has existed since 8,000 to 7,000 BC in Russia. Ice skating originated in the 17th century in Finland and contemporary sport of hockey was developed in Montreal, Montreal in the late 1800s. Which one of these winter sports would you find, would find you and your co-host somewhat competitive as a team?
2: Bob? Well, it has to be curling, which she didn't list.
0: Yeah. And is is ice skating a competitive team sport?
1: Maybe we're a team. Maybe that we're like a a couple's ice skating tandem.
0: A a thruple ice dancing team?
1: Can you imagine the moves as we all triple Lutz it together in harmony? I mean, oh, let's, beautiful.
0: let's be clear. Curling
2: stones themselves date back to like the early 1500s from areas in Scotland. It is, in fact, curling one of the oldest, world's oldest team sports on Maple Leaf. So how you left curling off of your list is both.
1: Especially with the words maple and leaf well, in your handle, mama.
2: There it is. And we would do very well curling. I would invite both of you to the uh, uh, Windsor Curling Club where you could have some hurry hard ale. Hurry hard.
1: Hard.
0: I want to be you the one who, who shouts. Sure. I want to be the one who shouts.
1: You don't go up to uh, Ferndale for the Detroit I, next, uh, I, club? I, to, Truth be told, I like the
2: ice, the Windsor Curling Club. I like their ice a lot better. It's a nice.
1: Okay. That'll be the next pod team building activity. Right. The oh Windsor Curling Club. Done. All right. Next up, Elin Bloom. Was uh, Jonesy. In- Okay. Was the game against Indiana turning point or fool's gold? We talked about this, but what was your take on that? Um it was turning point. You all I heard was optimism and turning point from you. But that's Honestly, yeah. I I'm I'm gonna say
0: it appeared something was figured out in that game.
1: You're putting the fool in fool's gold, my man. Yeah. Uh next up from Elon Bloom, Plum. What do you think the starting lineup should be moving forward? Mm.
2: Well, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm gonna hold on to this. I'm going to hold on to Jones's optimism and energy, and I'm going to say it's Henry, Langford, Gabe Brown, Rocket Watts, Thomas Kithier. That's it.
1: That's that plus 17 lineup yep. from earlier. I'm going to just
0: add uh, maybe Marky Mark in there so you, get the, you, you have a chance of winning the tip.
2: Unless you're talking about Marky Mark, D-mer-mark, I don't want to hear it again.
0: <laughs> uh, last from Elon Bloom Does Izzo stick with the small ball lineup even against a team with a great big
1: Greg? Nah, no, no, he's had the opportunity all year to stick with small ball. He's not gonna do it. Yep, he's not gonna. Uh, next up from John Hubbard Jonesy, could it be that MSU loses out on attorney bid this year? Uh, could it be that? If MSU loses on our attorney bid this year, it's just the ultimate Galaxy Brain 4D chess move to avoid MSU from contributing to the fourth COVID surge. And the Spartan Nation owes his own apology. We just made that joke.
0: John Hubbard.
1: Oh, my God, John. You mentioned. What,
0: what joke? Uh, I was authorized on behalf of Bill Beekman and Tom <laughs> to formally acknowledge that uh, despite the consideration, which we're very honored by, we will be declining.
2: I've never, next up, up, <laughs> I've never seen up I've never someone in such an ill-fitting suit in such professionally choreographed uh, plane exits and arrivals and photographs in my entire life as Bill Beekman. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: next up John Hubbard uh, Fan is attending March Madness games great idea or the best idea. <laughs> bon,
1: character God, character <laughs> reprise.
0: God, I love him. Uh, all right, CT and TC what is the accomplishment you are most proud of? Plum, I'll start with you.
2: Oh, for God's sake. I know. I have a lot. Uh, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I sounded really bad. That really did. Oh, God. I don't even know that I said it out loud. I'll just say that I, I was a Peace Corps I served for three years in the Peace Corps.
0: That's a good one.
1: Greg? I'm most proud of hosting this esteemed podcast oh. with you two gentlemen. You it's, can't give it, a this sincere has been answer. The the crowning achievement oh, of my life. <sighs> Jones, you're going to do some dumb dad thing. Like, oh, I'm a dad. I'm raising a human being. Oh, it's, it's truly great. Oh. I, I
0: saw this question and I was like, you know, can you say that having a child is an accomplishment? Sure. I mean... If you can, then obviously it's that.
1: Um, there but- was a whole movie called Idiocracy about how anyone can have a kid. That was the thesis of the film. Um, yeah, so-
0: but it, it's great. <laughs> I, but um, I, I don't know, uh, you know, um, probably graduating from law school. That'd be a, that'd be a big one for me. Yeah. There you go. Despite that, I don't use it anymore. Uh, anyway, um, CT and TC's last question: favorite beer to drink in the winter months. Winter is porter time. CT and TC. I like a porter. Choose a choose a porter. What do you guys think? I'm drinking a bad blue light
2: tonight, but yeah, I love it.
0: Mm, Also good. Yeah, I'm I'm on the Miller Light right now. So, um, and Hop Slam yeah. did just come out. So, what's that about? You don't care for darker beers, do you, Jones? Um, I uh, I don't generally speaking care for a stout, but I am with Greg on the porter. Uh, I tend to like porters that bring something that's a bit smoky to the table. Okay. Um, so,
2: a sixty-four-year-old lounge singer named Stella.
0: <laughs> yes, if, if 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 there was a porter called Stella and it was that, yes. Uh, next up, Colin Jankowski. Predictions for <laughs> remaining games this month. Pretty brutal stretch, if you ask me. So that means we just don't have to predict the Michigan games.
1: Uh, yeah, I think it, they're going to be pretty brutal outcomes. Colin, <laughs> I, I agree with you on that. I, I, I think this is a team that's going to catch maybe one or two wins for the rest of the season. But I, I don't have a whole lot of faith that they're bringing it home. Um,
0: Counterpoint. W's.
1: All the way through. Bolt on those nuts, Colin. Uh, Next up, from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy, Plum, can Henry play 40 minutes every game for the rest of the year?
2: We covered this. He sure can, but he's going to break down like Langford's body did, and we don't need more of that.
0: Honestly, if we got us to the tournament, I'm good with that. (laughs) Uh, Next up from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy,
1: what did you think of Gabe Brown's game?
0: All right, this bit.
1: (laughs) The, yeah i mean eventually it hit right upper deck jerk guy this is what you wanted uh yeah uh gabe's gonna gabe around sometimes but he's also gonna gabe for 50 percent from the from three point so i think he's he's got a part of this rotation uh i think that is that's definitely got to be a permanent thing moving forward
0: uh last up from the upper deck jerk guy i think grooch needs a spinoff podcast <laughs> Raymond adds correction. Alex Plum, I would just like to point out that I continue to be incensed that my own podcast I am the least popular member of. Well, by a lot.
1: I think uh, I think Upper Deck Jerk Guy just wants to spin me off of this one, but I want to spin off too. A me and Upper Deck Jerk Guy, will they? Won't they? You know, bickering odd couple type of podcast called. The real jerk and the grooch or something. Upper upper deck jerk and the
2: grooch. Upper deck jerk grooch. Yeah. That sounds horrible. Uh I would say that I would love to come in some real into some real money and then Raymond and I can go produce all the shows that he comes up with because I <laughs> we could be really successful doing that. Uh
0: next up is crappy MSU Shops. What does Tommy insist on playing 60 guys in the rotation? Because he because he don't got seventy crappy <laughs> MSU shops. <laughs> that that is the right answer. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's been the most inexplicable part of the season.
1: Yeah, he always has longer rotations, but yeah, yeah, I mean, he. It, this, year, it's this year this year has been
0: acute in its problems.
1: Yes, it has been like <laughs> uh, acute. Next up from Taylor Anderson, Mr. Plum, how do we get that version of Aaron Henry all the time? The real good version, I mean,
2: obviously. Taylor, I want I want you to go back to our not a sponsor. You need to head over to Home Depot. And <laughs> get that wrench set, my friend. So get that wrench
0: set. Uh, It was interesting. Aaron Henry did talk about how, and the team was keenly aware of the fact that Aaron Henry had never won in his home state. And which is also alarming because did you know we haven't won in Mackey since 2014?
1: Really? I did not know that but yeah. I've watched a lot of losses in Mackey, So I guess I can believe it.
0: Yeah. So honestly, that was a, a, it was clear. Aaron Henry was like, no, nope. I'm not graduate. I'm not leaving MSU having not won in my home state. And I loved it. Um, hopefully he just takes that sentiment as like, I'm not going to be the guy who lets this team not go to the tournament. That'd be great. Next up, Anthony Garvert. Does Aaron Henry go pro this year?
1: I mean, I think the answer is clearly some kind of nod at MSU. Like, I, he's not going to the NBA, I don't think, but he's not coming back either. Yeah. And he's not transferring. So I guess, yes. In the, in the strictest sense of the word pro, yes. In the way that we think about it, no.
0: Do you think if Tom Izzo sat him down and said, look, let's say I ran enough guys off and Amani Bates came in. So you don't have to be the guy stick around for one more year and you can go to the league. No, and he does it. No. All right. I don't think, so I don't
1: think you get that close to leaving and come back and then I agree
0: not go the next year. Um, I, honestly, I think Aaron Henry's put out the tape that he needed to put out. Um, would any of you break a limb if it meant MSU made the tourney this year? Because I would, <laughs> is what Garvert says. Uh, Plum, would you break a limb to keep the streak alive? I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't care less. And I'll tell you why.
2: I think that um, uh, th- Tom deserves this. Tom deserves this streak to end. This has been abysmal. And while I might have, you know, and I still have a lot of antipathy toward the players for their own uselessness for a lot of this season. At the end of the day, this comes back to him. And, uh, and no, and I, Garvert, I give you a ton of credit, my friend. Uh, good for you. I know you did it for the team and I appreciate that, but no, I don't want us to go in so we can make it, make the tournament on the bubble of the 16 team, 16 seed play in game Uh, right up there with uh university of Southern North Dakota at hoople. Like get out of here.
1: Greg <laughs> <laughs> fire, fire up hoops. Uh, I do love the idea of sitting there watching MSU get bounced in the first round and looking down at my broken leg and being like, that was worth it. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Garvard's prop bet of the week. After Tom Izzo's audition comments, the number of transfers from the hoops, from hoops, and number of wins remaining on the regular season schedule. God, is over, he's
3: so good. He's over so good. Over under is
0: one and a half. I
3: mean,
1: oh. 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 God. I'm taking the over. Yeah. Um, yeah. Over. I agree. I think there's, yeah, I'm taking the over. And I also think we're going to have more than two transfers. Just putting that out there. Yeah. Yeah, That is the over by definition. Wait, but I'm just saying, I, I, I think, uh, here we go. Here's what I should have said. I think we're going to have more transfers than we're going to have wins for the rest of the regular
0: season. Uh, Interesting. Okay. Um, Garvert also brought up for the pod uh, something about uh, people disparaging MSU or U of M academics as both are well-regarded institutions. And we have run long enough now that I am not going to rant in the way that I imagined I would. But this did come up, it's worth mentioning, because of the transfer from uh, from U of M to MSU. And some commenters on the Red Cedar board were particular idiots, uh, suggesting that uh, Alex left, or no, Ben, ben. I'm sorry, left uh, because of academics at U of M, which is silly. Uh, I mean, it may be true that there's a bit more academic freedom to pursue a degree at Michigan State. I don't know that that's true, but sometimes it seems like it. But let's not pretend that U of M is a bad academic institution. We'd be foolish to. But what does drive me nuts is the other side, which is to say that anyone disparaging someone else's education. Because as I've said before, math isn't different at your school. Neither is your copy of Plato. So it is about the people that attend universities and what they get out of their education. And for that point, I would just say, that one of the things that I happen to love about my institution is that it is not as elitist as some other schools and that it does provide people who may not have had the tracked higher education more of an opportunity because your education is absolutely what you make out of it. And so I think it's very cool that this Ben kid had offers at Columbia and Harvard and Yale, but that. That doesn't make him inherently smart or successful in his life. You'll note the number of billionaires that have gone to MSU. So I I just, this notion that you are smart or dumb because of your school, or that you should have some sense of pride because you went to one school and not another as it relates to the quality of someone's education, get the fuck out. End of rant. Good. I like that. Anyway. Also, it, if anyone's listening to this pod, Alex Plum is stupid smart. So like, there you go. And Greg's actually a pretty smart guy. He just doesn't. Uh, he uses language that's actually more accessible. Plum likes to let you know that he's smart.
1: <laughs> I just wanted to point out that MSU produced three guys who cannot read and cannot write. So.
0: <laughs> they have a podcast.
1: Uh, all right. Um, last,
0: uh, not last up. God, why did you put the last person last? Next Um, next up is Ev Marie, 24 What's with Tom Izzo's insistence on playing Joey Hauser even when he's playing, like, hot garbage?
1: You got to get him going, right? (laughs) Like, you got to play him. Yeah, he's uh, got to work it through your system. Shooter's got to
0: shoot. All right, fine, but here's a question for you. Given the success of the small ball lineup, do you think you see a re- reduced role for Malik and Joey?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to, if, if everyone's moving up a little bit, Gabe's getting more time. And now you've got Henry at the four that necessarily reduces the amount of play time for both of those guys. Cause you can't take Henry
0: off. You can't. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. I, I, which is why I say, I don't know that it's fool's gold. um, Next up, Evmarie 24 Malik didn't play after the first few minutes of the game. Is that a sign that he'll be transferring? Uh, Andrew combo adds that it lo- he, that he looked out of it and he wouldn't read into it. I'm inclined to believe the same thing. Anyone got a different,
1: it, has there been talk of Malik transferring? No, I think that's actually one that I'm pretty confident won't be transferring. I mean, that's just my read. Um, he I don't get the same vibe off of him. I don't get the same uh he seems like a like a dude like he I seems like a program guy. Yeah. It, like we've had a number of guys that kind of remind me of Malik Hall over the years. Uh but maybe he will. Uh, you never know. Um
0: book it Malik will be a stud by year 4. Yeah. Like that's his trajectory. And it just sucks that this year happened to set i think a lot of people back who didn't get that time indeed uh last up is nick Kamansky. um i, I someone asked these questions i don't i don't have first
1: up A uh, plum from nick Kamansky. if you could have any superpower uh power what would it be and why uh
2: polyglottism i'd speak any language
1: The the show is called Cannot Read, oh my. Cannot Write. Like okay, ten years speaking. Can you? Uh, oh, that's Why? true. That's true. Uh, mine would be turning everyone around me into into right chaps. You know, all the time, just being surrounded by chaps all the time. Chaps. You just, just want
0: him to announce that you are winning the rankings next week.
1: Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, you guys won't get this one. Someone asked me this one. Hey,
2: Greg, has it really been Agatha all along?
1: It was Agatha all along. And she killed Sparky, too. Are you guys watching WandaVision? Yeah. What is it? Uh, it's, on, uh, it's on Disney+. Plus. It's the new... Here's Marvel how much I've been watching
0: WandaVision. I've been watching the MCU in timeline order over the last week. Wow. I, I decided I was going so, to... They, they've always just been kind of like popcorn movies to me, so I decided to do them in order. Okay. So how was
1: how is Thor 2 The Dark World?
0: I I literally just watched that one and <laughs> it's not great. Some of them are really not great. But those you know. were the
1: early days of the Marvel thing, when it hadn't like all come together yet and they were like still very comic book movies. Um I I I I've been really enjoying WandaVision. I also really like how you know, the, for those that don't know, it's a show within a show. Um, but then the like external show has also been leaning into TV tropes really heavily as well. Um, and I'm waiting to see if that pays off in some way or not. Like it's all television. Like it's kind of like leaking out or I don't know how they'd want to do it, but, um, anyway, uh, I liked, the the spoiler there. For everyone,
0: yeah. Thanks, Nick. You are the worst. Um, <laughs> last, last up from Nick Kamansky, who do you think is most likely to get a championship game next? Juwan Howard at Michigan, John Beeline at Indiana, or Tom <laughs> Izzo at MSU? Why
2: don't we ask Anthony Garvert, who would tell us that it's Juwan Howard?
0: <laughs> oh, you're still salty I'm about still that. Salty about that, Garvert. Juwan's got a club this year. I mean. I, it no one on uh, no one on this podcast has denied that so uh, i will
1: say i think they're a tear down from gonzaga and baylor who yeah. uh who are the first and second place teams and should have played earlier this season but weren't able to unfortunately um i think it's possible that michigan gets there this year the last time they got there it was as a result of a really easy run that they were provided uh, and it could happen at any time. Um, or, you know, maybe they get to earn it this time. Yeah, But I don't think they're going to win it all this year. I'm not that concerned that's going to happen here. No,
0: but that's not taking away that they are good this year.
1: Yeah, I'm Capital not looking G. forward to those games against them. That's for sure. Yeah.
0: Yep. And, it, and it drives me nuts. So anyway, that's been this episode of Can't Read, Can't Write. Uh, gentlemen, we've got a lot of games to watch. But until next week, go green. Go white, guys.
1: Go white, gentlemen.